morning, dear Sangha. Today is uh, January the 26th of the year 2003, and we are in the Dhamma Nectar Temple, Lower Hamlet, during our winter retreat. The Buddha said that uh, the practice should bring us joy, because joy is uh, a kind of nutriment that helps us to be strong and to go far. That is why we should uh, try to make our practice uh, pleasant, joyful, and nourishing. We have to distinguish between several kinds of joy, of happiness. And mindfulness can play a very important role in bringing us joy. Mindfulness of what? Mindfulness of the favorable conditions that we are having so that you can take up the practice, so that you can continue the practice with with, uh, happiness and with joy. Anything you see, anything you hear, anything you come in touch with can remind you that you have the opportunities to practice in order to get free, free from suffering. A practice center should organize, should be organized in such a way that um, everything surrounding us, everything that we hear and we see, uh, could uh, could help us to be mindful, to remember that we have uh, plenty of conditions in order to to be a good practitioner. This year, the lunar new year. The brothers and sisters are putting up uh, two sentences, uh, helping us uh, to be mindful that we do have new opportunities for transformation and healing and happiness. The Vietnamese uh, version is Tai Nang Sưa Quét printed on red paper. And the other piece is Cơ Dương Nay Yờ Yào. It means uh, the misfortunes of the past have been shut away entirely. Shut means uh, entirely. So the good word means uh, of the past. As you underline the idea that the misfortunes you have to undergo in the past, they are no longer there. And nay means in the present moment. Opportunities in the present moment are seen in abundance. We can translate like this in English. Uh, All misfortune entirely away. And you can translate as fresh opportunity seen in abundance. And that is why uh, this is a part of the practice. When you stick this paper up on the wall and you see them, uh, that reminds you that you have conditions in order to be happy. To, 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 uh, many conditions are there in order for you to 
to to practice, to be happy, to transform, to nourish. In one of the Dharma talks, they said that uh, every step is an opportunity. From your room, you go to the to the dining hall, or you go to the Dharma hall. Walking from your room to the Dharma hall is an opportunity. You can afford to walk like a free person. You can afford to walk like a Buddha. And in the practice center, you have the right to walk like that. You don't have to run. So that is an opportunity. Every sitting session is an opportunity. Every walking <coughs> session is an opportunity. Any lunch time is an opportunity. We have plenty of opportunities in order to practice mindfulness, concentration, insight, and the joy to have uh, the Sangha practicing with you, the joy to have teachers living together with you. It's a great joy. So there are so many opportunities, and they are fresh. The, the misfortune of the past we have undergone. And during that time, we wish so much that uh, they will pass away very quickly and then we'll be happy. Now, they are already, they belong already to the past. And yet, we are not happy. Why? Because during that critical, during these critical, difficult moments, our only wish is that they go very quick and that is a basic condition for us to be happy. But now looking back, we see that they all belong to the past. And yet we are not happy. Why? We have because we have not touched the presence of the opportunities that are available in, in the here and the now. So it might be good to take a piece, a sheet of paper and to write down all the new opportunities for you. The question is whether we can profit from the opportunities or the new opportunities that are presented to us in the here and the now. And if you are a Sangha builder, you can provide with plenty of new conditions, new opportunities for yourself and for your friends. If we are to translate that in French, you may say, Les malheurs du passé sont déjà entièrement, entièrement balayés. Wipe away. Wash away. Set away. Sip away. Les nouvelles conditions, les nouvelles chances, les nouvelles chances se présente en abondance. Voilà. So mindfulness helps us to touch the new opportunities. And if we, we are mindful enough, we see that not many people can find themselves in our situation where so many fresh opportunities become available. 
to breathe in is opportunity. There are people who have no time to breathe in and breathe out. They have no time to walk. They have no time to sit. They have no friend to sit with. They have no friend to walk with. They have no mentor. They have no teacher. They have no fresh air. And so on. And then the awareness that there are things that they can do, not only for ourselves, but for our brothers and our sisters, and make them smile, make them happy. And it does not cost anything. Usually, we think of uh, charitable work as uh, having the money in order to offer people food, shelter, medicine, and so on. If you have no money, you cannot have nothing much to offer. But in our practice, helping another person, helping another person to wake up, to get out of his mood, his, uh, his uh, negative mood, and to help him smile and get in touch with the beauties of the world, that is a practice that does not need money. It does need only, it needs only uh, your compassion, your practice, your skillfulness. And there are many brothers and sisters among, among us that we can bring happiness to him, to her, to them, every, in every moment of our daily life. When you practice walking with, with uh, stability, and, uh, and liberty, we are already helping our brothers and our sisters. When our brothers and sisters see us walking like that, they have confidence in the practice. They see that you are, we are a good Sangha builder. So that is a gift also. And if you see a brother in a negative uh, mood, and his, uh, his energy is uh, negative, and then uh, your compassion might arise, and you say, maybe I can do something in order to help my brother to, 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 up, or to be uplifted. Because when a big brother is in a negative mood, he uh, radiates so much uh, negative energy around him, and his younger brothers don't profit from it. And that is why coming to a brother and help him to stop emitting in negative energy, help him to stand up and to begin uh, uh, radiating the energy of joy and of faith. This is very helpful, not only to him, for him, but also for all the other brothers and sisters always. It means that When we are able to help a brother or a sister, we get a lot of joy. And that is the kind of joy that is nourishing and healing for both of us, we and that brother and, and all the other brothers and sisters. And that kind of joy is created, is built up, entirely on the ground of uh, understanding and compassion, understanding and love. 
and they are very healthy. It's kind of a very healthy joy that has the capacity to nourish us and nourish our sisters and our brothers. But there are other kinds of joy that are not so healthy. When you do something, you want someone to appreciate that and to say words that, uh, that has, the, has the capacity of, uh, has the function of praising. You want people to see you. You demand that people see you. Here I am, do you see me? You want to be seen. You want to be acknowledged as existing. You want to be recognized. You want to be accepted. You want to be loved. You want to be praised. And everything should direct should be directed into your direction. And if everything, everyone, is not directed in your direction, you are not happy. You function as a self. You have the need to be seen, to be recognized as having some value. You want to be loved, everyone loves you. You want to be everyone to to congratulate, to praise you as a talented person, as an important person. And if people don't have the time to do that, if they don't, don't do that, and then you suffer. And if you have only that as your source of joy, you continue to suffer a lot. That joy is not based on the ground of understanding and compassion. It is based on the need of a separated self. You have an idea. You have a project. You have a way of doing things. And you want people to accept your idea, to accept your project, and your, to accept your ways of doing things and then you'll be happy. And if other people accept other ideas, accept other projects, accept other ways of doing things, and then you become unhappy. And if uh, you find ourselves in that kind of uh, mood, we will emit negative energy around us. And our younger sisters will suffer, our younger brothers will suffer. Because you still function, you still operate on the ground of self. The practice is to learn how to practice on the ground of the Sangha. Operate like a Sangha, operate not like a drop of water, but operate as a river. So, a question that may be asked is, what shall I do in order to make the Sangha happy? 
What can I do in order to make the Sangha happy? That is a very healthy, very good question. Because you are talented, you have many talents. You have your body chitta. By the way of, by your way of thinking, of speaking, of acting, you can bring happiness to the Sangha. And that is why that question is a good question today. What can I do in order to make the Sangha happy today? What can I say in order to make the Sangha happy today? And when you are able to make the Sangha happy in the morning, you are happy in the morning. When you are able to make the Sangha happy in the afternoon, you are happy in the afternoon. Because the, the joy of the Sangha becomes your own joy. You do not operate on the ground of a self. You operate on the ground of the Sangha. You don't need to be number one in order to be happy. Those who, who, who need to be the number one, they will suffer all their life. That is a fact. Because in the teaching of the Buddha, there should not be any number, whether that is number one or number ten. Because the complex of superiority is a complex. The complex of inferiority is also a complex. And the complex of equality is also a complex. The teaching is the teaching of no-self. So there is no comparison, comparison between this and that to see whether it is higher or lower or equal. But when the drop of water has given up her individuality and become the river, there is no longer any comparison. And that is why there is a freedom, there is a true happiness. And that is why every time we see a sister or a brother who is in a negative mood, because his need or her need cannot be satisfied by the, by the environment, we have to come and help him or help her out with a lot of uh, gentleness. Dear brother, if you have some difficulty, why don't you ask for a solo retreat for seven days? And you may like to consult your teacher and your big brothers about the practice so that you can get out of this mood, negative mood, in seven days. And that kind of practice is very good because you are not exposed to the Sangha in your difficult time. And the Sangha does not have to suffer because of the negative energy uh, that you emit. Because that negative energy that you are emitting makes your younger brothers or sisters suffer very much. They think that you are a big brother. They think they are, they are your refuge. And now they are not solid at all. They suffer like that. And, you lose, and as a young practitioner, you lose your faith in the teaching and the practice. That is something regrettable. That is why we should not allow our negative energy to embrace the Sangha especially the younger Sangha.
we should, uh, in the time of difficulty, we should uh, have uh, an idea as what to do in order to, to deal with the, our difficulty. And as a brother or as a sister to that person, you might come and help. Dear sister, dear brother, why don't you ask for a seven-day solo retreat in order to, to work it out? When you are not beautiful, you don't want people to see you. You hide yourself. That's the tendency of many people. When you are unhappy, when you suffer, your thinking, your speech, and your action will reflect your unhappiness. And those who come in touch with you will have to suffer. And if uh, they, are, they have a solid practice, then they don't have to suffer. But if they, their practice is uh, weak, and then you make them suffer, your younger brothers and your younger sisters. That, that is why you should help yourself. You should be helped by one of your brothers or sisters. And if you know in the Sangha, if you have trust in some of the members of the Sangha, and then you will come to them and say, Dear brother, dear sister, I'm going to ask for a seven-day retreat. My situation is like this. Like this. What do you think I should do in order to overcome this state of, of mind? And this is a very sensitive to thing, sensible thing to do to protect yourself and to protect the Sangha at the same time. And any one of us may have uh, ups and downs, but we have to learn how to take care of our ups and our downs. And we should help each other when the other person finds himself or herself in a difficult situation. It's not blaming the blaming that can help, but it is the support that can help. You cannot hide your suffering. Are you okay? I'm okay, but you don't look okay at all. So you better say, brother, I'm not okay. Please help me. Tell me what to do. Here is my suffering. I suffer because of this, of that. It's a very frank, very sincere. And at least in the Sangha, there should be one or two or three brothers that can understand you, that can help you. There should be some one sister, two sisters, three sisters that can help you. And as a member of the Sangha, you should know how to help. Disciples helping their teachers is something very, very, very usual. Young brothers helping their senior brothers, that is something very, very uh, usual. Young sisters helping their senior sisters, something usual. We should not have any, any, any complex. And the younger sister felt uh, the big sister helped. When the big sister fell, the younger sister helped, as we do in the dance. 
we shall in the dance uh, uh, during the holy uh, season. We have to visualize ourselves not as a person, an individual, but as a community. We are like a boatload of people. I'm not talking about the Sangha. I'm talking about individuals. Because in our boat, there are at least 51 persons, 51 mental, form, mental formations. On a bus, on a boat, the bus is sailing, uh, going. We are going in this direction. And there are many people who sit on the boat. Sometimes the boat is quiet and it goes very smoothly. But sometimes there's no peace in the boat. Everyone wants to talk at once. Your anger, your fear, your despair. And we have to find ways in order to make the boat uh, stable and peaceful. Among the navigators, there are five of them that are called the universal, and another five of them called the particulars. The universal mental formations contact attention, feeling, perception, volition. That's the five called suk, tat i, tha, tưởng, tư. They are here. There is always contact. Contact with what? Contact with the world outside. What you see, what you hear, what you touch. And contact with the world, so-called inside. Your sorrow, your fear, your desire, and so on. So contact is something that happens all the time, at any time. And contact really gives rise to attention. Manaskara. E manas. You pay attention to something. And if you pay attention to something that gives rise to mindfulness, concentration, and insight and happiness, it's called Nyu Li Tak I. But if you pay attention to the kind of object that gives rise to your fear, your craving, your despair, it's called inappropriate manaskara. Appropriate manaskara, inappropriate manaskara. Fi nilitari. Yoniso manaskara. Ayoniso manaskara. But you don't need the Sanskrit. So you are in permanent contact. And this is the one. Forget contact. Contact with the sky, the rock, the water, everything outside, and contact with the inside. Fear, desire, craving, anger, and so on. And when you have contact like that, 
you begin to pay attention to that. And it depends on the object of attention that the attention is appropriate or inappropriate, inappropriate. Appropriate when it brings you solidity and peace and balance. Inappropriate, inappropriate when it brings you trouble. And then also contact bring about feelings, feeling of joy, feeling of, uh, of suffering, and so on. And when you, it will bring your feeling, it will bring your perception also. And when you have feelings and perception, you want to do something. You either want to run after that, or you want to run away from it. So there is a volition, there is a desire to act. If it is an object of a craving, and then you want to run toward it. If it is an object of your hatred, and then you try to run away. So these five, these five, these five uh, travelers are on your boat all the time. They are very demanding. They want to speak, to have their words. They want to push, push, and push. And then five other, five other kinds of mental formation called the particular yuk, thang yai, desire, apprehension, mindfulness, then concentration, and the insight. And they are here, the ten. The ten are on the forefront. They determine the fate of many, many behind them, the passengers, the travelers, the passengers on the boat. And you are a community inside, not just one person. And many passengers inside the boat, sometimes they fight each other. They are in conflict with each other. And one day, uh, one of you asked, hey, what should I do when several, several feelings, several perceptions want to come up at once? And Thay said, you should play music in order to calm all them down. And you should be an artist. As a practitioner, you should be a good musician. You have to learn how to play the music when, when things happen like that. It means many, many of them want to, to come to immerse to come to the forefront and fight and and want to get uh, recognized. You cannot say, stay out there. You cannot repress them because repressing is not an intelligent policy. So you play the music. And many of us in in the Sangha, we know how to play the music. Whether we are walking or sitting and breathing or doing mindfulness, that is music. And you use mindfulness, concentration, in order to play the music. And you can choose the kind of music you play also. We are capable <coughs> of changing the CD so that you can reestablish calm. Because everyone likes music. 
every mental formation like the music. You should know that. The music, the kind of music that can bring calm, relief, harmony, musical therapy. And that is why our musicians, those of us who have the talent of uh, playing music or writing music, can contribute to the practice of the Sangha. There are so many gathas, many poems, many ways of practice. And we can practice in music also. That is why chanting has become quite important in our practice. You have a feeling that makes you suffer, but if you know how to focus your attention, your mindfulness on the music, you feel calm down. That is a reality. One of, uh, one of you wrote to, to Thay a short note during the, the Christmas season. She said, Thay, I want to write this note in order to, to water the flowers of the Sangha. I know for a number of brothers and sisters to come up here under the light and sing and chant, that may be difficult for them. But we appreciate that. And when I hear the bell and the chant of the sang, the monastics, I feel calm. I feel, I feel calm. I feel peaceful. Especially when you chant Namo Valokiteshvara, yeah, I feel calm down. And for me, the chanting is part of the talk. The talk would not be complete without the chanting. So I would like to write it now in order to thank all the monastics who have come up every, every morning in order to offer us a session. It helps us to come down and to get really ready for the talk. So the music is important. When, when you get in touch with something, and then mindfulness helps us to know that we are in touch of what we are in touch. And mindfulness will tell us that that object of the contact is appropriate or inappropriate. Appropriate means it is for the sake of peace, of harmony, of well-being. Inappropriate means that sort of contact will bring agitation or craving, or things like inappropriate attention. Ayuniso manaskara. So it is mindfulness that helps us to see whether this is appropriate attention or inappropriate attention. It is mindfulness that can help us to see this feeling is a feeling of joy, a real joy, or feeling of uh, craving. So they have to work together and they form a kind of team that will be, will, will be, will be the, the, the crew. They are crew members of an airplane, of a boat, of a bus. And mindfulness always uh, brings within itself the energy of my of, of concentration. Because without concentration, mindfulness is short-lived. It's not mindfulness. And when the, 
mindfulness is strong, it means there is concentration, and then we can see deeply into the nature of what is there, object of our attention, object of our feelings, object of our perception, and the insight help us to avoid wrong perceptions, because wrong perceptions always bring us a lot of suffering. So don't believe that you are one. You have a self directing everything. You have a community, a whole community inside. And you have to learn how to live together with harmony. And what is the role of mindfulness? What is the role of concentration? This uh, yuke is a kind of intention. Intention should would be, would, would be a good intention that has the light of mindfulness inside. I intend, I want to listen to the bell. Because listening to the bell, I can become mindful and concentrated. And I feel peaceful. That's a good intention. But the intention that is uh, born from, from a souvenir of a, uh, a feeling is not a good intention. There are those of us who smoke a pipe. In Vietnam, there is a pipe made bamboo, made with bamboo. It's long like this. And there is a, a, a small... And here, uh, this is a, the place where they put their mouth. And there's some water in here. And they put the tobacco here, and they light the tobacco here, and they suck the tobacco smoke inside. It, it, and during the time of smoking, well, the, you hear the, the noise of the water playing here. And the person is told, was told that you should not continue to smoke because you are coughing so much. So, so he have given, uh, given our friend a good, a good uh, volition, volition. And the person, so there is a, there is a um, two feet, so that you can, you can, you, you can put it on the table like this. And he's motivated by the desire, by the intention, not to smoke anymore. So he went and dig a hole and bury his, uh, his pipe. But at midnight, at 2 o'clock, <laughs> he missed that pipe. Why? Because the feeling, the feeling that he has, uh, he had, uh, he had uh, undergone so many times, come back, and he miss it. And that is why he said another intention. Intention in the dark, go into that place and dig the ground and take the pipe again. And that is a, a popular uh, uh, song in 
made by the peasant in North Vietnam. Nhớ ai nhớ thuốc Lào đã chôn điếu xuống lại đào điếu lên. I miss him like I miss uh, my pipe. I already buried, but I have to go and dig it out again. <laughs> if your mindfulness is not strong, if your concentration and insight is not strong, and then you allow yourself to go and dig the pipe again. But if your mindfulness is strong, your concentration is strong, your insight is very strong, and then you can realize yourself one year from now suffering from failure of, uh, of, of, the, of the lungs. And then you are strong enough to stop going to the spot and dig the pipe. So this is part of Buddhist psych- psychology. In Buddhist psychology, you have to learn the nature and the function of all the 51 mental formations. And you have to know how your consciousness operates. And if you know how your mind operates, your practice becomes easier. And there is a, there is a book with the title Transformation at the Base dealing with Buddhist psychology, the path of uh, healing and transformation, you can learn about these 51 mental formations and the way our consciousness operates. But don't think, don't think that you are a self, one person operating. No, you are a community inside. And all your ancestors are present inside. And if you look like that, you see that the one contains the many. And if you are, everything you do, you think, or you speak, affect many generations of ancestors and children. <laughs>